Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? I am... uh, My fiance is on vacation, so I am alone with the dog. And uh, anytime I hit record, he decides now is the perfect time to make as much he's scratching up carpet right now he he loves this is the mm-hmm. only carpeted area of the house so he loves coming in here and running around scratching carpet it's great <laughs> but um i mean he's been good so i can't complain too much i just wish this would be nap time for him you know just a quick yeah. 45 minute nap but your dog friend of the show yeah um, wally Wally, Wally, friend of the show. One thing that um, I did hear from a few people, I know you saw it on social media too. And look, we get it. Mike tries his hardest. Everybody needs to know a little behind the scenes. His fiance is a Steelers fan. So yes, sometimes you will see things on the wall. He tries to get that off the wall before he starts the podcast. But you know, sometimes you just, you forget. So that's what happens. That's why it's up there. Yeah, I mean, nothing up there right now. It's all all Bengals stuff. It's it's been snuck in before, though, because she works from home. So this is basically our office. So she just does whatever. And I just come up here for an hour twice a week right now. So do do this podcast. And uh, I sit down and sometimes there's just something behind me that I notice in like segment three. And I just go, I need to take that down. (laughs) Credit to her. Credit to her because sometimes she does sneak it in. But uh, yeah, there was a couple people they were joking on Twitter and I said, look. This is the deal. This is why you see that on there. Uh, but I want to go ahead and get to to something I saw you tweet yesterday, and I thought it was really good for a lot of different reasons. Because you know, my sound silly. A lot of people are like, "What does that mean exactly? 
why do more people want to see it? And I just thought it would just be something that we could talk about. Like I've said before, the Cincinnati Bengals are pretty much on their summer break until they hit training camp July 26th. I don't think we'll see any new uh, extension news anytime soon, but hey, would love to be wrong, like I've said before, during the offseason. So I'm getting to your tweet. You said a lot of people think about how the Bengals offense should add more RPOs, but I don't really feel like where the offense needs to go. RPOs can generate efficiency, but at the NFL level, they're not going to give a sustainable bump to explosive plays. Wow, I couldn't read your tweet. Explain that. Explain it. (laughs) Okay, so... I think I'll take as a biology major in college. Uh, so I think I'll take the scientific paper approach, which is basically I'm going to define the RPO. I'm going to give the argument for and against, and then my opinion, which you know my opinion since you just read it on the tweet. But yep. defining an RPO, run pass option. This has been huge for years. I think it peaked with Doug Peterson and Nick Foles on that Super Bowl run, where they just dominated everybody on their way with just simple inside zone rpos with glance out bubble these are different routes that they're going to tag to those basically it's a run play and you have the option as a quarterback based on what the defense does to possibly throw the ball usually these are quick throws and especially at the nfl level college level they can get a little crazy because college guys i think the rule for them is supposed to be six seven yards maybe it's five they let them go like ten In the NFL level, the rule is like two to three yards. And um, I mean, they let them go like five, but you can't really, you can't run stuff and have the offensive line getting upfield quickly. So those are your basic RPO definition. Um, There are teams in the NFL level that use them all the time. The Dolphins are one, the Eagles are another. A lot of times they're teams with a running quarterback. I know the Dolphins don't fit that. Eagles do. the Ravens sometimes do, but when they do it, they actually don't – different offensive coordinator now, but when they did it under um, – what's his name? Uh, they didn't really use Lamar's legs as much as I thought they should have. Bill O'Brien did some when he was in Houston, but Doug Peterson does a ton. You know, there's – it's all out there. Now, the argument for the RPOs are that you're an 11 personnel team and you're a spread team. So you're not going to get enough blockers to get up to the safety. So this is a way to maybe conflict the safety uh, so that they can't come screaming down on the run. I'd argue they already don't do that because I'm already breaking my thing, but I'd argue they already don't do that because the safeties aren't going to come flying down on the run against the Bengals when (laughs) they've got the three best wide receivers in the league. But that's kind of the argument for them. And it's also just, it's the sexy buzzword. It's the RPOs sound new. They sound exciting. They sound also, like, oh yeah, that's innovative. Even though it's been around for like more than 10 years. Hugh Jackson was running them in Cincinnati as well, by the way. <laughs> I mean, he was good in Cincinnati. What? He was good in Cincinnati. What am I thinking? He was good. <laughs> yeah. Still. Probably tried to run him in Cleveland too. I didn't really pay attention. Um, mm-hmm. But this has been around a long time. Like this, it seems like something hits And then it takes probably like five years for the public, the announcers and everybody to kind of catch on to like, oh, that's exactly what's happening. I I don't know what it is. It's just a lag time in between when it starts and when everybody catches on. So that's our POSS area for the argument against them, which this is my opinion. So this is going to go into it. I don't think you remove them entirely. I don't think you never run an RPO. I think they do a good job of generating efficiency. Um, 
and that comes from putting that guy in conflict. Now that safety is making that tackle at seven yards or he's uh, trying to stay over top of like a slant type route called a glance. It's a little bit deeper, but uh, essentially a slant route and you get in 10 yards there, seven yards, six yards on the run. Um, my argument against is it puts more of a constraint on the offensive line. And I know I'm offensive line brained. I, I played left guard in high school. I, it's what I really like to watch and study. So that's what my mind goes to where it makes it a little bit easier on them if it's thrown, but on run plays, they don't run block better because now you have to try to time up like, okay, I can't get downfield. I can't get downfield. I can't get downfield. Now I can go. And adding that extra weight and something on the offensive line's plate, it just makes it a little bit difficult. And if I'm going to add something on somebody's plate for the Cincinnati Bengals, it's not the offensive line. It's going to be on the quarterback and wide receivers. Like they can handle that. Not, not so much the offensive line. I want them to be able to block well, um, but I don't care that much if they can time things up for an RPO like that. My other thoughts with it are you're not going to consistently or really much at all to me, I don't think that that safety is really conflicted too much on an RPO. I think he is on a chalkboard, but he's just going to play deep. If they throw it, he makes a tackle. If they don't throw it, he comes up and makes a tackle in the run game. And it's really not that different from how they would react to the run in general, because it's the Bengals offense is that they're trying to take everything deep away. You need to be able to block the first and second level. And if you could perfectly block the first and second level and get any running back one-on-one with a safety, you take that every time. Like that, that's a way to generate explosive plays to me. It's just your running back plays better. Your tight ends and offensive line block better. Um, what I would do, I guess this would be the final part of this. Uh, what I would do instead of RPOs is develop a better shotgun play action game. And that could come from the old Patriots. They used to run uh, what they called trap protection, which you pull the guard. The Bengals have done this a little bit. You pull the guard on your play action pass, really sell it. Uh, Like, yeah, like what pass play? Why would we pull the guard? And then you pull the guard to just block the end. And now the linebackers may have taken a step up. Maybe the safety creeps up a little bit. Probably not, but maybe. But it's just a better way to sell that play action. And if you could really dominate in the run game, they were third in efficiency. The Bengals were um, in after the, not after the bye week, but after the schematic change uh, week five and on, they were third in rush efficiency. And they're always going to be super high in pass efficiency just because of who they have, at least right now. So they're efficient. That's why the RPOs, they just add an element of, uh, it's not bad. It's just, I, I wouldn't, run that many of them because the offense is already efficient. It, I mean, you're, what they need are the explosive plays. And how do you generate the explosive plays? To me, it would be a find a way to throw deep balls and to get better run blocking to get the running back one-on-one with a safety and through an open hole down the field. So that that's my thought on developing a better shotgun run, and which they had a good shotgun run, but to get more explosives out of it and to get a good shotgun play action game off of that where you can take those deep shots down the field. That's what I would look for. I would look for a way to create shot plays because 2021, they were great at that. But then defenses started selling out a little bit. Find a way to still get those. Defenses sell out against the Chiefs. They still find a way to get their shot plays. Um, So that's all my quick thoughts on (laughs) the RPO 101 and why or why not it should be used with the Bengals. Passion. Drive and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's as simple as that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, exactly <laughs> what, what Mike said when it comes to RPOs and the question with that. I do. I think it's one of those words that a lot of people are like, oh, it's, it's new. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's been around for a while. And it just feels fun to say it. I kind of want to go with this offense for a minute because you mentioned blocking a lot. And look, I still do see them using Drew Sample as a blocking tight end mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. Maybe they add Hakeem Adenogy out there as an extra offensive lineman at times. But overall, is this blocking on the offensive side of the ball better going into 2023 i think the extra offensive lineman by the way is going to be carmen or jonah whoever loses that battle early yeah um i think it's better uh i keep also saying i thought last year was going to be a pretty good offensive line and i mean they eventually got to a place that it was pretty good but it wasn't exactly the way i thought it would be because a lot of that came from Jonah Williams is ascending and Lyle Collins is about a top five rate tackle in Dallas. And neither one of those happened, but Karras was better than expected. Kappa was good. And the left guard was not a black hole, even though we've talked about how he might need to play a little bit better. He was fine. He was a fine starter. You just want him to keep growing and prove like, yeah, he's a solid, he's a real good, like dependable piece on the offensive line. So that's how they ended up being a fairly decent offensive line. Um, and the schematic change helped them. But yeah, I think the blocking's better. And then when you're looking at Drew Sample, he'll be the best blocking tight end um, that they've had this year or last year. Uh, last year, I don't think any of those guys, Wilcox and Asiasi at times were fine. Hurst, he's more of a receiver. Uh, and Irv is a little bit too. So this is probably why the Bengals' second most common personnel package is 12 personnel, which is two tight ends on the field rather than one. And you take a wide receiver off the field. Uh, I think that's going to be when they really want to pound the run when they want to do things like that. Uh, and maybe get some good play action off of it. If you're going to pound the run, that could be, you don't ever want to be too siloed and just, okay, they're in 12 personnel. These are runs. And they actually know that. And okay, they're in 11 personnel shotgun. These are passes. And you know, they, they know that. So uh, that's what kind of what happened early in the year to the Bengals is every time they went under center, team sold out run play the safeties were flying downfield all of that that's why they struggled so much early on against pittsburgh and dallas but then they kind of you know week three they still weren't there but week four it started to change and then week five was the big change against baltimore they didn't actually dominate that game or anything but uh they showed what the offense was going to be going forward and then the offense was super efficient after that and it was because they were less predictable so if they could stay unpredictable continue to use 12 personnel and the offensive line is as good as we think it could be or at least close to it then i think this is much better blocking and that is i think how they will generate uh how they will possibly generate explosive run plays 
better blocking. That's something that they could have used last year. You mentioned the Ravens game, and, and yeah, they didn't win the game, but it does feel like maybe if they would have started that a week earlier, that that outcome in that Ravens game could have looked different on the offensive side of the ball. I know we don't have a whole lot of time here before we get to the mailbag segment, but kind of with this offense, you know, we've talked about it this offseason that Zach Taylor is getting better as a play caller. Mm-hmm. I know it's really easy to say he has Joe Burrow and he has all these wide receivers, so that's going to make it easier on Zach Taylor. Of course it would. But what do you think you're going to see from Zach Taylor in year five? as an offensive coordinator, offensive side of the ball, offensive coordinator, I know Brian Callahan's there, but the offensive play caller. I think they're going to find a way to get those explosive plays back. I think that is clearly the thing they're missing. I think they knew that's what they were missing. Um, and I think that's, it's a lot of pressure on a fifth round running back, but I think that's why you draft Chase Brown, because to me, he can be possibly early Tony Pollard, where Tony Pollard early on wasn't exactly the Tony Pollard now, where Tony Pollard now is like a good running back. He wasn't like a great running back, but he was just super athlete. I think Chase Brown was a good running back at Illinois. I think he's technically a good running back. Like he's technically sound. He does a lot of stuff right. So I think he could just be that element, that guy you drop in there and it's just, you know, explosive play waiting to happen. He might get zero yards, but he might bust one off for 50. And I think that's why they add him and they let P Ryan go. Sadly, P Ryan was very useful, but he, you know, he's efficient, but he's not explosive. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just going to be, what are they going to do with the pass protecting running back? But yeah, I think some way, somehow they're going to generate some more explosive plays and be able to push the ball down the field. Cause that is the only thing they were missing last year. They were a super efficient offense without getting explosive plays. That is not something that happens in the modern NFL. That is, that is old football, but they were able to do it and uh, almost got to a Super Bowl doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I, it, I was a little bummed when P Ryan didn't come back and it felt like more of a P Ryan decision on the opportunity that he had with Denver, but uh, we'll see what it looks like with Chase Brown. And, and I'm really excited to see Zach Taylor. And it's crazy to think year five, I always connect him to Joe Burrow and, and think of four years, uh, but he had his rookie year in 2019 with this team. And I feel like that was still helpful for him as a head coach and a play caller. So can't wait to see that and what the offense starts to look like in year four for Joe Burrow too. Next, we're going to have your mailbag questions. You know, you people, you could send them a little earlier when we send out the question on Twitter at LNDS Patterson, Bengals underscore Sands. We really appreciate you every week sending them. Uh, you know, we look forward to double mailbag during the off season. So we'll get to those next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.